live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Getting down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Partying, partying. Partying, partying. Yeah! Five o'clock hour. John Von Tolles here. It's Cofield. James is helping out at the setup. Finley Toyota Studios. Ari is running things. Uh, here is Treasure Round, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. We always check in with our football insiders on Fridays, even during the offseason. There's no offseason when it comes to the NFL. The draft is uh, just a week away, and Stanford route was available a little earlier in the day. And when we get into the news of the last couple of days, he's a fan of Vegas. He lives down in Houston. And like I said, he played for the Oakland Raiders and started off the conversation Asking Stanford, how about the A's now planning on moving to little old Las Vegas and leaving the Bay Area? <laughs> Man, it's it's definitely a, a coming of age as far as Sin City, where now it is almost like the, the sports hub of the United States. So I think that obviously it's going to bring a lot more money, a lot more revenue into the city of Las Vegas. And so I think that uh, when you look at it in totality, where you now have the Super Bowl next year, who knows, maybe the uh, soon to be Las Vegas A's may be in the world series and you're just going to have an influx of a lot of different genre and a lot of different, a lot of different people and uh, just different overall likes and endeavors in that city. Are you currently a baseball fan? Do you ever go to Astros games? No, I have never been to an Astros game. And really? the thing is, is like I grew up, baseball was probably my best sport growing up. And it was always fun to play, but watching it is definitely very slow, very tedious. You know, you kind of start yawning, feeling like you're starting to um, put your attention on other things. So I've never been to an, a- to a, uh, to an Astros game, but definitely growing up, baseball is probably my best sport. What position? Center field and shortstop. Really? Yes. Who Who are your idols? Who'd you love in Major League Baseball? Oh, back then, I loved Ron Gant for the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. I loved Ricky Henderson, Kenny Lofton, Otis Nixon, Kirby Puckett. Ken Griffey Jr. is my all-time favorite, but I mean, who's, who's, who, who was not – whose favorite was he not? Um, and Albert Bell, Jim Tomey. Uh, I can go all the way down the list. So, yeah, so I definitely uh, I know my history of baseball very well. Yeah, I think that's a discussion to be had because while we're excited to have another major league team on the horizon here for Vegas, are we buying into something that's on the upswing with baseball? Because I'm older than you and I like baseball, but I really most of it for me now is fantasy baseball and betting it. Uh, mm-hmm. Will I go cover games? Of course I will. Will I follow the team and cover it? Yes, but I do understand there are fans of a certain age group and even in our group who are like, Man, times change. Um, Everything is like so fast now that faster, more attacking sports are becoming more popular. So I kind of wonder what we're buying into here with baseball. I think as far as uh, as far as the city of Las Vegas goes, the city of Las Vegas, they already have the Vegas Knights. You already have the Las Vegas Aces. You got the Las Vegas Raiders. I think they just simply want to get as much sports motion as much sports movement within that city as opposed to it simply just being gambling tourism, things like that. They want to try to get more of an influx of the great sports within our nation, even though we all know baseball is a slow-moving sport. We know that. It's not fast-paced like football or basketball, but just simply having another sports franchise they feel can be all the better. 
Yeah, we're kind of setting out with sports on the calendar from basically September to May. So anything that would carry us from basically April to September, the bridge exactly, to football yeah. would be a really good thing. Now, here's the interesting thing. The site, and we're talking to Stanford Route, our uh, buddy who's a former Oakland Raider, played around the NFL. He's our NFL insider. He's here with us on ESPN Las Vegas. Um, the Raiders are right down the road. This is why I like it. They're basically building a stadium district here because the piece of property they got is Wild Wild West. It's dropping the 15. It's right across the 15 from T-Mobile so they can build a pedestrian bridge. It might take a while to get it done, but people could walk from the strip over to the stadium. And then it's probably a mile or less than a mile walk uh, down the hill on Dean Martin to get to Allegiant. So you're going to have a, a big district there. They're going to build it up with a bunch of restaurants and bars and other things around the baseball stadium. But, you know, the Raiders came here kind of thinking, hey, this is going to be their town along with yeah. the Knights. And they left Oakland where apparently the A's, according to the Raiders, were a giant pain in the ass with that stadium. And there were fights all the time. And Mark Davis, I mean, it, it was like the day of the announcement. Hours later, Mark Davis talked to the local paper and he's like, yeah, I'm mad. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, those guys yep. didn't treat us right. I'm going to remember that forever. I don't even know what that means. I mean, I think what it means is the Raiders are going to push back with the powers in the state of Nevada. But I, I wanted to ask you, as a player for the Raiders, did you even notice any sort of contentious relationship with the A's? I mean, I know that the field always looked like hell because mm -hmm. of the uh, the crossover in September. Do you have memories? Did, like, did you experience any angst between the organizations? Oh, no, I never experienced any angst or anything like that, any sort of uh, displeasure or pushback or anything like that. That was, you know, way above our pay grade. Like that's, you know, that's the that's the wealthy people uh, in the in that back room doing their bidding and doing their talking. But as far as as, as far as everything that, that you were just saying, it, and it actually makes perfect sense. You know how obviously the A's and the Raiders are sharing the Oakland Coliseum. And for the Oakland A's, they pretty much kind of sat on their lease where it did not allow the Raiders to be able to make renovations or any sort of improvements to the stadium so their hands were tied where they simply had to just go ahead pack their bags and move east to Las Vegas aka Sin City and now the same team, the same organization that basically was hindering you from trying to improve the stadium because essentially they were saying that they owned the stadium, basically saying that they had deeper roots, deeper ties into the East Bay than you did, is now following suit and going to go ahead and set up shop not far from your new home. So for Mark Davis, I completely understand why he's now annoyed because it's like, hey, bruh, you were toxic. I wanted to leave the relationship. I moved to a whole nother state. And now here you are essentially following me to that new state. And you're going to be living right down the street. You are toxic. I tried to get away from you. And now you're following. <laughs> Stanford out. The former Raider is here with us. Um, were you friends with any of the A's at the time? You know, it's interesting. I'm looking back on one of their rosters kind of in the middle of your run with the Raiders. And uh, I forgot that Frank Thomas, you know, one of the places he finished out his career was actually with the A's. Were you friends with any of the athletics? You know any of the guys? No, no, I did not know any of them. Didn't never cross paths? No, never did. Uh, didn't go to any games or anything like that. Obviously, we uh, we were very familiar with the Oakland A's because we played on the baseball diamond. Uh, so we pretty much every year were hoping that the A's would not go to the playoffs because that meant we could go ahead and get our field that much sooner. And I remember Warren Sapp always said it best. He said, man, that dirt hasn't lost a fight yet. 
So <laughs> playing on that playing on that baseball diamond obviously is a corner where you know that balance and keeping yourself upright is paramount to being yeah. successful and not giving up six points. So it definitely had it definitely made you be that much better, that much more flawless with your technique because you, hey, trust me, you do not want to slip down against a receiver on that dirt. It's yeah. easily going to be six points. So it definitely made you stay on uh, your P's and Q's. I never asked you when you played for the Raiders. Did you live in the area full, uh, you know, full time year round, or did you kind of split? It was pretty. I was pretty split. Uh, obviously, I would be in the Bay Area during the season, during OTAs, mini camps, things like that. But any chance I got, I would always come back to Texas because that is home for me. Just to go ahead and get that uh, that home uh, Southern style, Southern style type of uh, mindset. And you know, just like I do, there's no place like home. You never went to Warriors games back then. No, as sadly as it wow. is, I did not go to any Warriors games, no A's games. I know like a lot of people are probably going to go and say that I'm not a, a, a Bay Area fan or I'm not a, a, a Bay Area alum or whatever you want to call it. But no, as sadly as it sounds, I did not go to any A's or Warriors games back in my time with the Oakland Raiders. What do you think about what the NBA did this week with Draymond? I think that the NBA can obviously do whatever they want. I think that they just need to be consistent with it. When you look at how yesterday, how Joel Embiid, obviously Claxton walks over him, which everybody can see that he clearly did that on purpose, which by the way, I don't have no problem with it because I love players playing with emotion and that BDE, that type of energy that, uh, that they're going to go ahead and exude because they're gladiators out there. Now, Joel Embiid obviously defended himself. And he's like, you're going to walk over me? Okay, I'm going to go ahead and give you some sort of wrestling move, some sort of scissor kick to go ahead and have you fall down to the, uh, to the, uh, to the deck along with me. Now, as far as Joel Embiid, I'm not saying he need to be suspended because Draymond Green was, but I do think for a lot of people, they just want to see the consistency. So the fact that Joel Embiid did not at least get, a let's say, a flagrant two where he's now ejected, that right there, it just sends the message of ambiguity. It sends the message of inconsistency for a lot of people that just simply want to see everything doled out equally. They want to see everything doled out in a consistent fashion. So if you're somebody who now is a Warriors fan and you see Draymond Green be suspended for game three, okay, that's we, we can understand that. But why did you now see Joel Embiid a not get ejected? He probably won't be suspended. But you then see James Harden, who has been doing that move for the past 10 years, now all of a sudden gets ejected with an immediate flagrant too. So it's just inconsistent. So to me, I think I speak for a lot of NBA fans that are watching from a distance that you just want to see the consistency. Stanford Route, the former Oakland Raiders, up on Cofield and Company here on ESPN Las Vegas. I'll give you something that is consistent, and it's actually getting even crazier, is – the bluster and rumors and smoke screens before the NFL draft. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it yeah. has been crazy the last couple of weeks. And, you know, I I don't want to go down the path all the time because I think it's a smoke screen on lots of fronts. But I do find it really interesting that we're really leaning into this. Texans are not going to take a quarterback. What is the possibility now that they are taking a defensive player? And the fact that it could be. Tyree Wilson, who seems to be shooting up the charts in Edra. Uh, anything is possible. Uh, what's going on with those boys over there with the Houston Texans, just because maybe they're just not simply sold on CJ Stroud. And I can see why. Anytime you, anytime you have these Ohio State quarterbacks 
they're always throwing the first round draft picks. Anytime they step out on the football field, their offensive line is better than the defensive line they're going against. The running back is better than the linebacker. The receiver is just simply better than the DB. They're an SEC school playing in the Big Ten. So you could stand the reason of are you simply that great or are you just simply playing with a lot of talent around you that's always better than the team that you're going against? And they simply may go defensive part of uh, the defense side of the ball within the draft because D'Amico Ryans, he's going to be given at least, what, three years? I'm imagining at the least with the Houston Texans. So he's going to have time. So this is not a situation where he has to panic and go and take a quarterback right now, essentially to go ahead and rise this franchise up from the abyss that it's been. So let's pinpoint Stroud, though, because I know the Ohio State history worries you. But the other thing now, I hadn't really heard of this, and now it's starting to pick up big time, is this S2 test where apparently uh, from you know cognitive functions and, and alertness and reaction time, uh, Bryce Young kicked ass and had like a 98%, and Stroud did really poorly at 18%. Do you know about this test? I mean, you know, you guys all took the Wonderlick yeah. test. What do you know about this S2 and how heavily they're leading? Uh, I mean, I, 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 the, the, the name S2 was news to me when I heard about it just yesterday. So I'm always opposed. I'm, I'm always, I guess you could say, familiar with the Wonder League. That's what everybody knows, especially back in my generation. So this new one is just another way to try to ascertain someone's cognitive way of learning, I would assume. But the thing is, is that, these types of numbers, these types of results should not be getting out to the public. There's no reason why you and I should be knowing about this. And at the end of the day, I think we both can agree is like, this is football. This is not rocket science. It's not, it's not sitting in a lab somewhere and trying to decipher E equals MC squared. It's football. Can you read the defense? Can you ascertain what type of movement the safeties are going to have? Are you able to make quarterback throws in tight windows? I'm sorry. There is no standardized test that you can put in front of somebody on a piece of paper that is going to determine whether you're going to be able to do that or not and do it at a high level consistently. So to me, I think that it's just a roundabout way to just go ahead and try to see if they can go ahead and try to get a bead on what your intelligence is. But you and I both know a lot of times intelligence that is not evaluated on a piece of paper. So I really just think that that test is no that the results of that test is worth no more than the paper it is printed on. This almost feels like uh, the leak is on purpose to get Stroud to slip and who knows where the leak is coming from. But if it were from Houston, it'd be quite the coup to get whoever they want defensively at two or maybe trade out of two, get more value and then still sit at 12 with quarterbacks available maybe Stroud. I wonder what the plan is there. Do you think that the Texans should be aggressively pursuing Trey Lance if the cost is kind of low, I think, for you know, a, top, a former top five pick? I think that uh, that could very well be within reason. Obviously, D'Amico Ryan's coming from the San Francisco 49ers and the offensive coordinator coming over from the San Francisco 49ers. That could very well be the case where they see somebody that, okay, we know this guy. We've been around this guy. We think he can lead our franchise. So they very well may be thinking of going in that direction. Obviously, we all know that Trey Lance has not played a whole lot of football over the last several years as he's been hurt. We know that he has a lot of ability, his potential is through the roof as far as what he can be. But we all know in this league, it's a what have you done for me lately type of business. So I think that if they were to go that route, I think that that would be seriously something that a lot of people may kind of raise their eyebrows at. 
Are the Raiders in a position at seven where they go kind of best available, or do they have to draft defense, and should it be a cornerback? You can just simply go best available on the defensive side of the ball because if you're thinking best available, well, what if it's an offensive player? You already have Jimmy G. You got Devontae Adams. You have Hunter Renfro. You don't have Darren Waller no more, for crying out loud. We'll we'll discuss uh, my issues with that at a later date and time. So on the offense side of the ball, and then you got Josh Jacobs for at least one more year. If on the offense side of the ball, you do not need anything other than the right side of your offensive line that you have to attack heavily, I would stick with defense. You have to get an influx of talent on that defense side of the ball. Max Crosby obviously is a stud. There's no doubt about that. Chandler Jones, he has still something left in the tank, but that back seven, my God, you have to do something about that. Otherwise, you're going to have another year where you break a record with the most 20-plus point leads blown in that game. That is not a record that you want to hold. So you got to find a way to make sure that that does not happen again. And the only way you can do that, you have to attack it in the draft because you didn't attack it in free agency. (laughs) You didn't do that. So you better do something in this draft on the defense side of the ball. Let's close on this. Stanford Route is with us. ESPN Las Vegas here on a Friday. Breaking news this morning. The NFL has had to suspend six more players for being involved in some sort of legal sports gambling. And a lot of people out there are like, hey, well, why are you in bed with the sports books? It's your fault, NFL. Is it the player's fault or is it this partnership and embracing of sports gambling? <sighs> and I know that you can I know that you can hear the the sigh in I understand it. I'm 39 years old, so I get the dichotomy. I get the double standard. But for a lot of people, they see that you have former NFL players that are doing these FanDuel commercials that are that are publicizing the NFL's joint venture with FanDuel or all of these other sports betting uh, um, um, entities. And then you don't want the current players to in any way, in any form or fashion, be involved with it? Okay. The official beer of the NFL is what? Bud Light, Budweiser, something like that? But as a player, if Budweiser or Bud Light comes to you for an endorsement, you can't join forces with them because it's against the rules. But the NFL can have Budweiser or Bud Light, I'm sorry, I forget which one it is, as the official beer of the NFL. So it's just, once again, it's the lack of consistency. It's the ambiguity of, hey, well, you know, we can do it for, you know, business purposes, but you can't do it because... It just, there's no direct, clear line of what's going on. And I think for a lot of players, they're not exactly seeing the clarity in it. And that's what is really criminal because now, like you just said, they're suspended for at least the 2023 year. And uh, uh, Cephas, along with more, already have been cut by the Detroit Lions this morning. I just think that there needs to be more clarity. I think there needs to be more clarity. There needs to be more transparency. And I think that if you are able to obtain that, I think that you are going to see a decrease in this. But let me just go ahead and say this for those guys, for anybody that wants to draw some unfair inference from everything they're reading, everything they're hearing, they were not gambling on their own games. They were not gambling on NFL games. They were gambling on college games, at least everything that I've read up to this point from what I've seen. Stanford, excellent spot. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week as uh, we'll review the first day of the draft next Friday. All right, man, you be good. Be safe. Yeah, first day of the draft is Thursday. He'll be on following 
in uh, the Friday action. So we'll talk to Stanford about what the Raiders and the rest of the teams do in round one of the NFL draft. Giveaway time, 364-1100, 364-1100. we got tickets to Iggy Pop and uh, some all-stars, some folks from Red Hot Chili Peppers and Guns N' Roses. The show is a couple Saturdays from now, April 29th at the Palms in the Pearl. Caller 7, Iggy Pop. Ticketmaster.com is where you can grab the tickets, but if you want to win right now, 364-1100, caller 7. Come hang with Cofield and Company at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside TI. Free parking, great food and drink specials, and giveaways. Every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside TI. All right, John, we got two big NBA injuries, and, you know, we've seen in past years the NBA playoffs a lot of times comes down to a war of attrition, who's left standing and healthy yep. in the finals. These are big. Yeah, so Kawhi Leonard has already been ruled out uh, with the knee injury that he suffered in game one. More on that later. So he's going to be out for the uh, early game on Saturday for the Los Angeles Clippers. And just comes down, I don't know how much you watched yesterday because I know you were watching hockey. There was a scary moment where Joel Embiid took a pretty nice knock on the knee but played the rest of the way. Turns out he's got a knee sprain. He will not play in game four and is due back, quote, early next week, whatever that means. Are so, you cynical on that? Um, I, I'm i cynical in the sense that if this was a game seven, he would play. But since they're up 3 nothing, why risk it? Just let him sit. Okay. I don't know if that's cynicism. but Yeah. yeah. And on the Kawhi thing? That's another thing. Because I know because- you wanted to gripe about not reporting the Kawhi injury for game oh. three or late notice. So this is so with Kawhi in general being ruled out this early does make me somewhat pessimistic about his future going forward in this series. Yeah. Having said that, the way that the Clippers and that the NBA have a past here in terms of injuries and obfuscating the status of injuries, especially in the postseason, their history is abhorrent, and I, they they need to do something. There, I don't think there's any question about this. So let's talk about this for example. So so Kawhi Leonard gets ruled out out of nowhere for game three. The report is is that he suffered the injury in Game 1, played through it in Game 2, then was ruled out for Game 3. Was never on the injury report for Game 2. Never popped up. And for those who don't know, the NBA updates their injury reports every 30 minutes. You can go to the official website, get an injury report updated every 30 minutes. Never appeared on the injury report one time. Then all of a sudden, nope, he's out. He's not playing. And why this is a big deal is this has now been a consistent theme for the NBA. Let's go back a couple of years ago. Do you remember... LeBron James and J.R. Smith and the famous moment where J.R. Smith forgot what the score of the game was and started running away with the basketball because he thought they were up in game one of that finals against the NBA or excuse me against Golden State Warriors. People don't remember LeBron reportedly after that game punched a whiteboard in the wall and broke his hand. However, we didn't know until after the NBA finals where he walked out of the final press conference with a cast on his hand out of nowhere. I'll take you back to either that year or the year before when the Portland Trailblazers make it to the Western Conference Finals. Three games in it's reported that, oh, by the way, Damian Lillard, separated rib. Sorry about that. And it's like, what? Like, are we are we really doing this right now? Or go to a couple of days ago. Giannis is listed on the first injury report as doubtful. He is upgraded to questionable. The Milwaukee Bucks, all they keep talking about, oh, optimistic he'll play. Upgraded to questionable, he's ruled out hours before the game. Like, this, this kind of nonsense when it comes to the injury report or actively hiding the status of guys does a disservice to the betting industry that you are now locked in hand with it does a disservice to fantasy players, just not even without money, just regular fantasy players, and it does a disservice to the people who are buying tickets to go and watch these games. I get that there is a sense of gamesmanship 
But the fact that these star players are popping up out of nowhere with injuries and these teams are actively hiding those statuses, that's absolutely ridiculous and unacceptable. Up next, we go out to Oakland. We'll get the uh, take of the Bay Area on the announcement yesterday that the A's would like to move to Las Vegas. Cofield and Company will be right back. Keep it here on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. A lot of talk the last couple days about the A's planning on coming to Las Vegas. Some happiness here, a lot of pushback, and I think there's going to be more pushback. We'll get into that story as the weeks move along. Man, in the Bay Area, they're pissed. Uh, the uh, The mayor was super pissed off. The fans are mad. It seems like some of the media people are like, all right, we've dealt with these people with the A's for a long time. Enough is enough. And Casey Pratt has been all over this. He's with uh, ABC7 in the Bay Area, and Casey joins Steve and John here in Vegas. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. My voice is shot. I've been uh, dealing with this uh, very, very extensively over the past 48 hours and, and also for the past, uh, what, like two decades. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, welcome to the ride, guys. There you go. Uh, <laughs> glad to have you on because I know you've been talking about this a lot uh, around the country and locally. So uh, first, give us your feelings. I mean, you, you followed the story. Give us your feelings on the A's kind of out of nowhere because uh, a lot of people were surprised that, hey, the A's announced that they're going to buy some land in Vegas, and Vegas is the, the spot they want to be. What's your reaction? I mean, my reaction is we all knew that there was a parallel path, as they like to call it, for Las Vegas. Uh, you know, I knew that a site announcement was going to come eventually. I knew that renderings were going to come eventually. We're still waiting on those. Uh, it was all real, um, the possibility that they'd end up in Las Vegas. So, uh, I'm not surprised by any of it. What I am surprised about is how it went down, where the A's in Oakland were in the midst of a negotiating summit, as they call it, and then they dropped this news smack in the middle of the summit as a uh, courtesy heads up, this might leak, and then the leaked uh, article contains quotes from the A's president and the MLB commissioner. Like that, That's really not how leaks work, right? So uh, it kind of came out of nowhere in that regard. What do you think of uh, the owner, Fisher? <laughs> uh, have you ever seen him? <laughs> you ever heard from him? You ever heard him say a word? <laughs> uh, here's the thing, guys. You know, John Fisher uh, is a Bay Area guy. Uh, on the Forbes billionaire list, his self-made score is 2 out of 10. The guy was born a billionaire. Uh, what's extraordinarily curious about this whole thing is that he owns the A's, and he will not ever say a word to anybody, yet he will expect you in Las Vegas to find $500 million for him, a billionaire, to build a stadium. And out here he's asking for even more than that. So at some point, if you're going to ask for all this money, you might want to actually ask for the money and not uh, put your guy, your president, your mouthpiece, out there doing it for you. Um, and I think that a lot of people are very suspicious and mystified by the whole thing. And, and if you ask Dave Cabell, I know you had him on, he will he will dodge the question. He won't even answer it. I guarantee it. Where is John Fisher? Why doesn't he speak? Casey Pratt with us, ABC TV out in Oakland. So, Casey, I'm curious. You kind of alluded to it there. 
So for everybody out here who doesn't know, what is the exact separation here? Is it just that like $125 million, they want 500 And uh, from what I understand, Oakland has 375 350 in terms of money to contribute to this? I had multiple sources yesterday tell me that number's down to $88 million. And if you follow Major League Baseball, uh, many free agents are getting offers of $300 million even for one player. So... Yeah, $88 million, um, pending some grants that they're very confident they're going to get. So it could be as high as, I'd say, 192, as low as $88 million. And that is not a lot of money for uh, a billionaire. And that's free agent money, basically. Casey Pratt's with us. ESPN Las Vegas, ABC7 in the Bay Area. Listen, we know what we're getting into. And when I talked to Dave Cavill yesterday, I knew what we were doing and what what he does um how dirty can this get because just so you know here and i I was i was dming you a little bit that we are not this is not sheboygan um you know we are a town of con artists at times people have been ripped off here like we're buyer beware we know it's vegas you lose you can win big you can lose big here um i just wonder how much we take uh you know from the word of cavill because i noticed that his tone was a slightly different when he did interviews out of the market, and he mentioned stuff, you know, on Sirius XM. He said, you know, the possibility of moving to Vegas. And he came on yesterday with all the local media outlets, and it was like, hey, all we need is the money. This is a done deal. So I mean, is there a chance he could, they could actually turn back to Oakland and go, look, and, you know, Vegas isn't ready to go, so here's another chance. Well, first of all, I heard you guys are broadcasting from a sports book, and that sounds awesome. I actually wish I was there with you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> Uh, there is a possibility. He, you know, saying it is a possibility is key because they're asking for, what, like $500 million out there, and yep. there's no guarantee they're going to get it. Um, and that's where I think this is really interesting because when they leaked that news to Oakland in the middle of the session, I almost think they thought it was going to be leverage to help them, you know, finish the deal here. Right. And then it backfired when the mayor said, oh, really? Okay, have fun out there. Bye. Um and so now they have no leverage out in Las Vegas. Like, this whole time they've played Vegas against Oakland or, you know, the Tropicana against the, the Festival Grounds or the Rio or, where you know. Like, they're, they're always playing something against something else. And right now they have the leverage just disappeared. Yeah. So the legislature out there, uh, they're already leaking things, saying that they're not so sure about this deal. And so without this deal... It's not a done deal in Las Vegas, and then what happens? Do they come crawling back here, or, or what? Uh, look, I mean, you guys know Vegas more than I do, and I think it's a much easier place to get things done. It's a much quicker place to get things done, and I think it's much simpler than building on the waterfront in Oakland. So I think the odds are you guys are going to end up with Major League Baseball. Um, but I, I mean, talking to a lot of guys out there, and and excuse me if I'm asking you a question while you're doing the interview, but would you rather have an expansion team than this team? A hundred percent. We've been talking about this for years, and the, you know the signs the A's have shown us recently uh, doesn't show that they're a big time organization that can be trusted to spend the money. I mean, if it wasn't an expansion club, uh, we'll take the Rays. Like that's a good organization that if they had money, man, they'd be really good. But you know, I, I think on the you know it's going to be easier to get it done here. I think you're right in most regards, but there are going to be some battles here. And you just retweeted something a little while ago from Michael Naft, who's a Clark County commissioner, who I believe is a Raiders guy. There are people here who got the Raider deal done and have been very friendly with the Raiders, and that's the battle line that's going to be drawn. It's going to be really interesting to see 
how much power the Raiders have. And Mark Davis already came out and he said, I remember what they did to me. I mean, you you followed the story. Like, how contentious was it? How nasty was it in the Coliseum between the A's and the Raiders? I mean, yeah, they sort of sided with, with the A's on this whole thing. Yeah. Um, more dates, et cetera. And, you know, I did see that comment from Commissioner Knapp, and I found it very interesting. You know, with, with Las Vegas, the difference to me was that there was a there was a billionaire type guy like in Sheldon Adelson who wanted the team here and he used all his influence to help make it happen. Whereas yep. with the A's, there's nobody. There's no power broker out there that's trying to make this happen for them. It's just the A's trying to get to Vegas. There's no super powerful individual that's helping grease that deal. And that's well, completely different. Yeah. Right? Yeah, well, I'll throw in. I thought initially, because they were buying land from Red Rock Resorts, that the Fertitas were going to be part of this. Cavill came on yesterday. We asked him, and he's like, no, we're just buying the land from them. Now, they also own a, another 50 acres of the 100, so maybe they have grand plans for that. Then he fired back. He didn't fire back, but he said, hey, all 100 acres are available. I think if the, the Fertitas were behind this, and they may be, but if they were behind it, that's some big leverage. But you nailed it on the Adelson thing. Adelson got it done with the politicians for the Raiders, so that was a, a really big deal. I wanted to ask you this, Casey. Casey Pratt's with us from ABC7 in the Bay Area. Um, I know you did some national shows, and I know you've you've kind of addressed this whole, hey, Oakland doesn't deserve the A's because the fans don't really want them. They don't support the team. Yeah, I mean, look at my metrics. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, the fans are here, right? The fans yep. are here. Uh, and they're passionate, and like you said in the intro, they're pissed. Um, but they're not being enticed to show up to the ballpark. Right. And if you run a business and you're putting out an inferior product and also at the same time raising prices on people, what reason would you even have to show up? And so a lot of the problem is, and this has happened even before, you know, the John Fisher era, the A's have been run like a small market team in a large market. They're run like a business. They're they're pinching every penny and crunching every number, yep. and they're letting every free agent go. So, so the line I think Billy Bean drops back in the day is that he wants to be, you know, in a position where A's fans don't have to root for laundry. Like all you're rooting for is, is the A's jersey at this point because every marquee player they ever get leaves, and that's because they won't sign them. The last deal they signed was Eric Chavez. Six years, sixty-six million dollars, and that was a really, really long yeah. time ago, guys. So, I mean, you don't invest in your product, you don't put a good team on the field. People are not going to show up. It's not the fans; it's the owner. Yeah, and that'll be the case here. There'll, there'll be a you know a novelty effect for five years, and then if they're not competitive, there's a lot of competition for the entertainment dollar around Las Vegas. Casey Pratt's with us, helping us out get the uh, Bayside Bay Area side of things for the. Uh, you know, with the news of the A's wanting to buy land in Las Vegas. So, like, what what could turn this around where, where the, the council people and the mayor would be open to it? Was that just a kind of initial anger? Do you think they have they completely closed the door? I, you know what's crazy about this is, 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 like, a month or two ago, maybe actually probably longer than that, everything seems like, a, like it's blurred together. I actually predicted that both sides would fall apart, you know, leave the table and then eventually come back um, oh, wow. i don't know that that's going to happen though um yeah. the, the, the leaving the table did but i think it's it's vegas or bust now for the a's and i think if they cannot get a deal done in vegas before the end of 2024 when they're uh or sorry the beginning of 2024 when they're off revenue sharing 
then they'll be left with no choice but to sell the team. If a new ownership group comes in, then I'm sh- I know for sure, because I've had many city sources tell me that Oakland would be willing to work with that new ownership group. Wow. Um, but right now, it looks like they're all in on Vegas. And uh, like I said, if, if, if it busts, then sure, come on back, and uh, maybe you'll get some other people in charge. Casey, they're all in on Vegas. Is there a sense of what the MLB owners would think of something like this? Because we were throwing it around. Like, it takes an expansion fee off the table, right? Vegas would be at the top of the list for a potential site for an expansion team. That's a brilliant question. And, and let me just say this up front. Like, there's a lot of smack talk back and forth and whatever between Oakland and Vegas and the A's. I, I'm rooting for you guys. I really am. Like, I grew up an A's fan. I don't, I don't want you guys to take the A's even though all this stuff going on. I want you guys to get an expansion team because I think that would be cool, something uniquely your own, you know, and and that that would be better for baseball, frankly. But what they're getting right now, all these other owners, is a waived relocation fee, allegedly, and the Oakland A's in Las Vegas. What reason, like, could you possibly come up with that the MLB owners would want to pass up on free money, give the entire <laughs> Northern California to the Giants, while the Los Angeles Dodgers, the San Diego Padres, the LA Angels have to share Southern California. And now with the Vegas team, you're sort of encroaching upon the Arizona Diamondbacks. So now look at this. I don't see why any of those owners would want to approve that, and I also don't see uh, uh, why uh, they're being quiet. But listen, you're seeing some guys come out now, like Bill Shake in LA Times. Ken Rosenthal was just speaking out against John Fisher, like, some of these big, big, big beat writers in national guys, uh, maybe they're hearing some grumblings from the owners that they're not necessarily happy about feeding the entire north of California to one franchise. Last one. Let's get a prediction. Uh, this does get fast-tracked. They get the money. They can break ground in 2024. Where are they playing as soon as next year? I know they have a lease for another year, but does Oakland just say, get the hell out? Yeah, I would see. I would say so. I think you, you have Vegas baseball at the Aviator <laughs> Stadium. Probably <laughs> stadium could could be early. It could be quick. I mean, it could be very, very, very fast because there's another group trying to buy the other half of the Oakland Coliseum land. And if the A's aren't committed to staying in Oakland, uh, basically everybody that runs and operates that Coliseum are gonna not want to have the A's there. <laughs> Get out of here. Go enjoy Las Vegas. Uh, Who uh, who's the other group? What do they want to do? Uh, so there's a group called African American Sports and Entertainment Group. They're trying to build a whole bunch of like housing, commercial. Uh, they're trying to lure a WNBA team. They've even talked about trying to lure an NFL team. I don't see that happening. But they have all these this big multi-billion dollar plan there, and none of it can be enacted until the A's leave. So uh. um, at this point, if the A's aren't committed to staying here, I don't see them extending the Coliseum lease for them. Uh, wow. They're going to have to go play somewhere else, and that will likely be Las Vegas at the AAA park until until this thing is uh, built, 2027. That was a great spot. We appreciate your time so much. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you guys, and, and good luck uh, with Major League <laughs> Baseball. And if you end up with the A's, good luck with John Fisher and Dave Cowell. <laughs> there you go, putting it perfectly. Uh, we're, we're aware. We're aware. Like I said, this is not – we're not some, you know, freaking raw, you know, desperate city that doesn't understand – how this stuff works. We're, we're watching. Tell you what, those A's games, though, those totals, like, I'd be, be 11 and a half if they start playing at the Vegas oh ballpark. God. Those things will be high as heck. Let's close out in the grab bag. Miss any of the show? We've got you covered. Head to LVSportsNetwork.com and go to podcasts to listen to all of your favorite LV Sports Network shows anytime from any place.
Stick your hand in there, Dave. Good conversation, right? Giving us a little background on what John Fisher has been and kind of hasn't been. Not available. I'm excited. He's the owner of the A's, and, and uh, you know, Dave Cavill, we followed him. We followed him. We knew what we were getting into when we talked to him yesterday, and he was pleasant to answer our questions, and we asked him a, you know, a few tough ones, and can't give us all the answers right now, but it's going to be really interesting these next five, six weeks, as you can see, you know, some politicians starting to speak out on this. I don't know if they're genuine in what they're saying or they're just looking for the spotlight, which, unfortunately, I think a lot of politicians are in the biz for that and to make money. What's going to be fun? What do you do? What's going on? Oh, just Basketball? tracking all. Just, oh, no, just tracking, tracking all this. Okay. Like it's going to be great. Like everything we're talking about, you know, with the A's potentially just being caught and essentially called on their bluff and hung out to dry, like just everything. It's going to be great to track here over the next five six weeks. And as we talked about at the beginning of the show, one, I would love to see Major League Baseball here. I would love to see a stadium and some, you know, multifunction uh, buildings. You know, the whole development of that area that the uh, 15 I almost said the 215 the 15 and Tropicana that'd be great it would be great for all 100 acres there they're buying 49 they can get another seven at that wild wild west site be great to see all of it developed and that area explode because it's been kind of a weird creepy area <laughs> for a while it did it, it has been um, I call it fast food lane it's all, called Trop. right so that's what it food is spots, yeah. and, and then it's only going to help uh Dean Martin going to the south, you know, the, the trek down to yep. Raider Stadium, that all needs to be developed. Maybe it gets the Raiders more aggressive and kind of developing their area. Yep. Uh, I do think because you don't have to cross, well, I'm speaking, you know what's funny? You forget there's two sides of town. I don't live on the east side, so, yeah, you're going to have to cross it. You're going to have to cross the, uh, the strip to get over there. So I'm on the west side, so it's easier for me mm-hmm. to get there. But I think it'll be a little more locals friendly than, I don't know, what do you think? Would it... Is this any different? Is this a property any different for locals if they build a baseball stadium and then this ballpark village? Is it any different for locals versus the festival grounds at LV Boulevard and Sahara or the Rio, which I guess is kind of, it's on the west side too, you know, just over to the west side? Is it any better than that one? It's kind of similar. Or I, I thought the building on the Tropicana on that piece of property, which is really small. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how we would adjust the roads to get there. Right. So what do you think? Is, I, I love this site. I've always loved that site. Am I being ridiculous because I'm, you know, not objective and I, I operate mostly on the – I go to the east side of town, you know, to go to UNLV, and I'm over there, so I'm familiar with both sides. But what do you think? No, I, I think you're right. I mean, look, like for somebody like me who also lives on the west side, especially – I live up you're, right up – I was going to say I'm in pristine area because I live right up Russell. So you're, like, you're, you're shooting right down to this, the new stadium district. Yep, I am. Like for, for getting down to the Allegiant has been some of the easiest stuff I've ever had to deal with. You just go straight down Russell, turn left on Polaris, I'm in. You know, it's going to be the same thing if they build a ballpark there, Tropicana, just go one street over and then go down Trop and I'm in. I think it is going to be a lot easier for residents of the west side to access some of these things. And, you know, you mentioned the festival grounds. I think it's a little bit more accessible for people who live on the east side because it's the tail end of the strip. You just head up in that direction, you can get there. But, like, for the most part, it would be interested to see how many people would really be willing to cross over what is already, you know, a really busy area in the Las Vegas strip to get to what is going to be an already another really extremely busy area. Are you with a lot of other locals? And I kind of shot it down yesterday, and I shot it down repeatedly, who were like, well, you know, it really would have been cool to have something away from the Strip. I mean, yeah. It, so, yes, in the sense of, like, easier to get to, right? Like, all that land out there by the South Point would be really cool 
to start to get something up there because it's easily accessible. You can build a lot of stuff out there, a lot of empty space. So that'd be something great to see. And maybe there's that there's that uh, there's the thoughts of what that'd be the NBA site if that's potentially going to be one. NBA site. Yeah. The the plan is at LV Boulevard across from the Outlet Mall. Yeah. Down there exactly. by Windmill and Blue Diamond. But um, I, I think selfishly, yeah, it would be cool. But I think if in terms of optics. I don't think you want to turn down having like a stadium area. Look at Philly. Philly's little area is like a four-block thing. This is this awesome. and this is this will be so much better than yeah. Philly because yep. it's still not developed enough. But it is convenient, and yeah. you know where all the games and all the stadiums where they're uh, where they're going to be going down. All right, we're uh, closing things out. Thanks to the TI Treasure Island Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Appreciate you housing the show today. Come down this weekend. Great spot to watch uh, all the NBA and NHL playoffs. Fifty-five plus TVs. Great drink selection awesome menu and remember tomorrow i'm going to be over at family chevrolet 215 between rainbow and jones they've got an awesome pre-owned used vehicle tent sale specials on all the new chevrolets i'll be there from 11a to 1p it's finley chevrolet with cofield